From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the lovely Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Yeah. We today have a great episode for you because we're taking something that, I mean, admittedly, I find incredibly dull, boring, and stupid. Let's just be honest here, Brie. <laughs> money, money, it's not a fun topic for me, unless you're giving it to me free of everything. Just here you go. Get a gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it runs our entire world because money is one of those things like we cannot deny it exists because it's not a greedy standpoint we're looking at money from. It's a freedom standpoint. When we get total control over our money, we have control over our lives, really. Yeah, yeah. I was The whole time you're talking, I just keep hearing in my head like money makes the world go round. Money makes the world it go does. round. It does. So we have Allison Baggerly on today. She's the founder of Inspired Budget and author of the book, Money Made Easy. She helps women break free from paycheck to paycheck cycle through budgeting, which she changed my mind about, Brie. She has two kids, ages 11 and nine, and she currently resides in Texas. And while you're listening, listen for Allison's game-changing way to handle unexpected expenses with just a post-it note. And so we hope you enjoy our episode with Allison. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Allison, to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk all things money by someone who is not petrified by it, (laughs) who has gone through all of the mistakes and the trials and challenges. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Let's get into it because I, I love that you used to be a teacher because I also used to be a teacher. And I find that a lot of people who get into this entrepreneurial world of wanting to help people are former teachers. Yes. Which is a wonderful thing. And then also not because 
we still need good teachers. <laughs> so we can't have everyone leaving. But yeah, I used to be a teacher for 10 years. And my husband is actually still a teacher. So I figure we have one teacher in the family. So we're good. Yeah. It's like your public service. That's how I described it yes. with mine. It was my public <laughs> service. When my husband was bringing in the income, I was doing good in the world. And we're still doing good in the world in this respect as well. I want to dig into your story because you have a fantastic one of how you and your husband paid off over $111,000 in debt. How did you not so much do this, but how did you get the courage and where did you like find the steps to do this? So I wish I could sit here and say, one day I sat down and I decided I want this for myself because <laughs> I, I love myself enough to change my habits. But that would be a lie. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to come out with the truth. My husband and I got married. I was 24 years old when we got married and we got pregnant when I was 24 and we had a baby all at the age of 24. So we got unexpectedly pregnant on our honeymoon. When we come back from our honeymoon and we realize this, we realize we cannot afford daycare when daycare comes. Mm -hmm. So not only are we pregnant and we have increased medical bills and I need to buy new clothes, all those things. Whenever it's time to put the baby in daycare, we couldn't afford it. And we certainly couldn't afford me to leave my job and stay home. So we were like, oh, like, why are we struggling with this? Let's look at our money and let's total up our debt. And that was the first time my husband and I ever had a conversation about money, which I do not recommend waiting <laughs> until you are married and with child to have a financial conversation, but that's our truth. And so we sat down. I remember we were in this small apartment and we were sitting at this old hand-me-down kitchen table and we had these mismatched Ikea chairs and we started listing out, going through together our debts and what we were combined. And that's when we realized, oh my gosh, we had $111,000 of debt on two teacher salaries, our minimum monthly payments, not including our mortgage that we ended up taking on a year later, our minimum monthly payments were $1,400 a month, oh my which God. was, uh, yes, which was almost half of my salary as a teacher. And it was in that moment that we were like, okay, here's the plan. We are going to figure out where our money is going, what we're spending it on. And we are going to try to free up $900 in monthly payments a month or just free up $900 because that's mm -hmm. how much we figured daycare was going to cost back in 2012. And so we said, we just need to be able to free this money up before the baby needs to go to daycare. And we're going to yeah. do that by paying off debt so we no longer have those minimum balances. So mm -hmm. it did not happen in nine months. It took us four and a half years to pay off that amount of money because we weren't making yeah. a fortune. Mm -hmm. But that's realistic. And I love that you're upfront about that because a lot of people see these plans that, oh, you know, pay off your debt and you set these unrealistic expectations of how mm -hmm. fast you should be able to do it. And then mm -hmm. all the shame comes on you that you're not able to do it so fast. So thank you for sharing that. It took time. It took four yes. and a half years to do because you were on a teacher salary. It took time. It took stopping and starting and wanting to give up and more pep talks. We ended up having another baby on the way or ended up growing our family. We had another baby. So then we had two kids in daycare and that's going to impact your money and yeah. how much money you can send to debt. And it was a process, but it was so worth it. Mm -hmm. So worth it. Yeah. And I need to put a little focus too on working from teacher salaries. 
because mm-hmm. there's like a give and take here when we talk about budgeting. Budgeting isn't just about how much less you can spend, but mm-hmm. I think you also have to look at how can I make more money coming in? Did you guys ever have those discussions about how can we supplement this? Absolutely, we did. That okay. took us a little bit longer to have those conversations because our first thing, because when we when we sat down to do this, this is a lot of information. Oh yeah, on two twenty somethings who don't know anything about money and budgeting. I didn't even know what a budget was. I thought a budget was like a punishment. I was like, oh, I have to be on a budget. What did I do wrong? How did can I we just raise our this- hands for that one who thinks a budget is like a punishment? Yes, if you're I listening do. right and- now. Yes, me too. <laughs> I, and- And that's the thing is I used to think that, Joanne, I used to think that a budget meant I was bad with money or dumb or stupid, or I had these skeletons in my closet. And I just said, okay, well, I own it. I own that I messed up. I own that I took out all this debt, but we're going to move forward with a budget because this is what I have to do. And I went into it with that mindset. But Mm -hmm. then over time, it was so incredible to see how I looked forward to actually writing a budget. And Something you need to know about me is I love spending money. I get a high from it. Like I am the dopamine. Yes. Yes. I get yes. that dopamine hit. I'm like, oh, got this happiness feeling in my heart. Put down the credit card money. when you get a business yeah. credit card too, and it's metal, and you're just like, boom. boom. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I had that personality. I had that drawn. I still feel that way at times. But the thing is, is writing a budget, I started looking forward to it because I realized that for the first time in my life ever, I had peace of mind with my money. And I almost became addicted to that feeling. I was like, wait a minute, a budget can give me peace of mind. It can give me confidence. It can give me security. And so I stopped seeing my budget as this consequence and this plan for fixing all of my past mistakes. And instead I was like, I like this. I want more of it. That is a great mindset shift, becoming addicted to budgeting instead of becoming addicted to spending. And you mentioned it was just something Mm -hmm. that happened organically too. And really it's not even addicted to budgeting as it is. I loved the feeling. Mm -hmm. I loved the peace of mind, being able to know, Hey, if I have to, if I get a flat tire and I need to get a new tire or pay to have, I don't know, something else that can go wrong on my car, go wrong. If I have to fix that, it's going to be okay. I don't have this looming fear of, I don't even know if I have the money to cover that. I know if I have the money or not, or I know I have money in savings. And so it was that sense of control that I had never had before ever with my money, the sense of control that maybe I didn't see my parents have. And I saw my budget as that ticket, as that key, as that thing that led to the control. So it's not so much this constraining aspect, it's this Mm -hmm. opening up. And I could really identify with that sense of fear because I did not initially get the dopamine hits from spending money. I, it was all fear. I didn't want to spend Mm. anything at all because I'm like, what if I need it later? What if something happens? And I wonder with you, Allison, like you say, if something came up, you'd be able to spend it on, you know, you, you have the money to spend, but what about like things that, you know, you just want like things, you know, you want, did it change that for you in any way, knowing that you can get it and not worry it. So 
Kind of. I'm going to say that I, I am still a very much an impulsive person, especially when it comes to spending. I'm an impulsive shopper and impulsive spender. So it helped me rein in. I had to learn over years. I mean, it's been 12 years since this whole journey started. Mm -hmm. I have figured out what I need as a person to kind of rein in some of those impulsive purchases and also figure out what I want and asking myself, do I really want it? Because Mm. for so long, I just saw things. I was like, I want that. I want this. I want that. I want this. And after time, I ended up with all this crap that I didn't actually want because I, I couldn't differentiate between what I want and what looks pretty and what I value and what I should be prioritizing. So are we talking about like how when we go to Target or wherever and we come in and we need three things on our list and we come out with $250 and you're like, but I got this new lamp and I got these new pillows and I got... And you're singing Ariana Grande and you're like, I see it. I want it. (laughs) Exactly. I actually used to have a rule where, and I'm not as I I used to call Target the motherland and I had a rule that I could never get a basket in Target, that anything I went in, I had to hold it. I had to physically hold it in my hands. And if it couldn't fit in my hands, I couldn't take it with me. Oh my gosh. So I would be getting these things that I'd be holding all these awkward things. Like I'd get a a box of diapers and then I'd put stuff on top of the box. Oh my God. Exactly. Because so often we just get what we want in life and we have this instant gratification, this instant satisfaction with getting, 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 and it doesn't allow us to stop and think, well, what do I really want? And what Mm -hmm. am I willing to trade off? What am I giving up for being able to get that thing or that item? And I can see how budgets can help you do Mm -hmm. that. And I want to hear your tips on how to create that budget to get some more control in your life right after we take this break. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. 
This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. So Allison, I love all of this benefit that you could get from having a budget. Like it's turned in my mind that it's not a punishment. It's actually something that can help you. So what is one of the first steps people should take when they're starting to create their own budget? Of course. So I recommend the very first thing you do is you actually know when your money comes in and when it goes out. So often I work with people that we say, okay, we're going to write a budget. It's going to start on December 1st and end on December 31st. And that's how I originally thought budgeting should work. However, I was never paid on the first. So I was starting a budget in the middle of my paycheck cycle and ending it also in the middle of my paycheck cycle. Mm. So instead, what I recommend is getting a calendar. And I have so many examples of this on my Instagram, but I just have a calendar and I write down our paydays first. Mm -hmm. So I get paid once a month. My husband gets paid twice a month. And then I write down all of our bills. So it allows me to visually see. I'm a visual person. I like to see I give my paycheck a job. What bills is that paycheck's job to cover? And that allows me to visually see just for the most important things, just for our living expenses, which paycheck is going to cover which bills. Mm -hmm. And then I take that period of time and I write a budget for just that period of time. Maybe it's two weeks. And that's exactly what, what you should be doing is budgeting per paycheck or budgeting by paycheck. And this allows you to create this, almost this open and closed door timetable, if you will, that makes sense. It starts on the day you were paid and it ends the day before you get paid again. And all of your bills go in that. And then also any of your variable expenses like groceries, restaurants, gas for your cars, expenses for your children. And we find a way to make sure that we're not spending more money than we have coming in. That is a really great tip. And I love what you say about giving your paycheck a job because Mm -hmm. if you don't give it a job, it's just going to do what it wants and go to Target, the motherland. (laughs) Yes, the motherland. (laughs) 
or it's going to go to who knows where. I mean, there are times even today that if I don't save right away, I will spend the money. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I am my own worst enemy. If money is in my checking account, it's fair game. Yeah. If I want to prioritize saving money or paying off debt or whatever it is that your listener wants to prioritize, you have to give your paycheck that job and mm-hmm. have it actually follow through on that job before we get the best of ourselves and go spend it on who knows what. Oh yeah. yeah First thing exactly. I do when I get my paycheck is I have to put like some of it in savings because I live mm-hmm. off of that. What do I have in my account? And yeah. if it's there, it's cool. My my kryptonite is stopping to get something to eat or to get drinks. Like it's the little stuff. And it's funny how that stuff adds up, right guys? You're just talking about even like Target. It's the little things. I have no problem spending anything under 50 bucks on something on a whim. But that has yes. up. Bree, can I give you, can I give you a little tip yes. Bree, for that yeah. specific problem? Yeah. So what I highly recommend you do is open up a separate checking account. Maybe it's just an ally account. You can get them for free online. You transfer money over into that account, and that is your whatever the heck I want card. That is your debit card that you spend on those types of things. And it doesn't allow you to overdraft, right? We want something that's not going to charge you overdraft fees, something that's not going to have any sort of minimum fees. And it just allows you to separate out that feeling of, I just want to spend on whatever it is at that moment. And when Mm -hmm. you're done, you're done. When you're out of money, you're out of money. And that's your signal, literally, right? Your signal that, hey, I've spent the amount of money that I've budgeted for myself. So the rest of the money in my checking account, that goes to things like groceries and gas. And my kid has to go to a birthday party and I need to buy the kid a birthday gift. That's no longer Breeze coffee money and grabbing something, whatever she wants that money. Yeah. I Okay, that idea is phenomenal because... With me, like I go the uh, the other extent where I just have all of this guilt on me for spending money that I will deny myself those mm. things that make me happy, like stopping yeah. for a coffee because I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't spend that right now. But having a set aside, do whatever you want, that yes. is powerful right there. Yes. And you can let it add up. Some people like to do this in cash. I used to do this in cash, but you know, we're living in this cashless world. So why not just get a whole separate debit card that you transfer money over to? Because then there's that physical boundary, right? Boundaries are good, especially with our money. We need them. Yet so often it's really hard to set a boundary Mm -hmm. when you're having all of these expenses coming out of one account. And then all of a sudden you go back and look at it and it's like, well, I passed, I crossed the line. I broke my boundary, but I didn't realize it. This allows you to see that boundary very clear and realize it. And that's all what budgeting is. It's creating boundaries that match up with your goals and your values. So if your value is to go get yourself a Starbucks latte every single day, you can put it in your budget. It doesn't mean you're bad or a shopaholic or you spend too much money on coffee so you'll never be able to afford a home. It doesn't mean any of that. Mm-hmm. We just need to make sure that your budget lines up with your goals and your values and that you're not going into debt. Yes. Okay. I love this. And this actually makes me really excited because it Yay. solves like some some problems that I have with spending money. Like I, I say guilt, but like the things that I actually value is education. And so I will spend mm-hmm. money on all the courses and all the books and I'll be like, nope, this will help. Nope, this will help. This will help right here too. And so I do all those things. So 
Allison, I want to know when you're raising kids, you have these unexpected expenses that come up that may drain your bank account. And I want to know your strategy for dealing with that right after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue and there's railroad tracks, like streetcar tracks. And my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And (laughs) active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So as a parent, taking care of kids, they're totally unpredictable. What do you do when kids' expenses come in and they break your budget? Oh, I blame them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all their fault, it's, those kids. It's all oh, their fault. Yes. I, I charge them rent. Yeah. No, it's, it, that is so hard. I think that I, I am very much a type A person. I like being able to know exactly what's going to come out, what's going to come in. Mm-hmm. So when something catches me off guard, whether it's an unexpected trip to the urgent care and my insurance is awful and now I have $100 that I have to spend there, or it's new shoes because I didn't realize that my kid was growing way too fast and now his shoes are all small and shoes are ridiculously expensive. Or your son's band decides they're going to go to Disneyland this year and all of a sudden you have to pay $2,500 in five months. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. Or 
you find out that, hey, your son needs a surgery in yes. the next five months. Yes. Yeah, this happened to us and it's going to cost $5,000 oh. and it has to be done or else it's going to impact him for the rest of his life. So whether it's small or whether it's large, these things are going to happen. And so my thought is instead of saying, well, I have all of these unexpected expenses that come up, I might as well not budget. It's not going to work for me. No one can make this work. I'm never going to get it 100% right. I do two things. The first thing I do is I expect the unexpected. And while I may not expect the $5,000 medical expense or the $2,500 Disney, uh, unexpected Disney vacation that not even the entire family gets to go on. <laughs> I, I can't expect some of those smaller purchases. Some of those things that come up whenever I'm going to unpack my kids' clothes for the winter and realize none of the jackets fit. Now yeah. we have to get jackets. And so what I do is I keep a buffer in my budget. So every single time I write a budget, I put in a buffer. This is my catch-all. This is the perfect kid catch-all. So what it is, it's the line item in my budget. Just like I would put Netflix on my budget, I write the word buffer and I will leave about a hundred to a $200 buffer every paycheck. So that way, when my son does need new shoes or we do have to pay for a field trip, my buffer can catch that unexpected expense because I'm not going to be able to have the foresight to see every single thing, nor do I really want to have to do that. It sounds like a lot of work. So when it comes to that, I always add a buffer in my budget. The second thing I do is I have something, it's my secret weapon. Ooh, and it is, I like secrets. I know, I mm -hmm. know. And it is the mini budget. And this is perfect whenever an unexpected expense hits and it throws you off. Okay. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I might as well just crumple my budget up, throw it away, and I'm going to start over next week whenever I get paid. And when that happens to me, all bets are off. I am just, I'll go on a spending that, spree. That, I was going to say, that will throw me into an, an emotional, okay, I got to go spend some money so that I feel and better you know about why? this. Mm -hmm. Why? Do you know why? It's no. because you feel like you have lost a sense of control over your money and you are searching for control. And so we find control by spending mm. that gives us this false sense of control. So instead of turning to that and having this false sense of control that only we end up having this spending hangover right, yes, that we have to deal like with afterwards. The next day, yes. you're like, oh God. Yes. Can I right? return we're, this? we're doing the walk of shame <laughs> to, our app, <laughs> to our bank app. Exactly. With the walk of shame to return whatever we bought. Instead of doing that, I say, okay, I feel like my my feet have been pulled out against me. The rug has been pulled out from under me. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what's going on. I got hit with this unexpected expense or something happened. I'm going to create a mini budget. And what I do is I throw away my old budget and I will literally get like a sticky note and I will write down how much money do I have in my checking account right now at this moment? And what are all of my necessary expenses until payday? Mm -hmm. And I say, what do I have to have? And I give myself a really small miniature budget to give me back that sense of control instead of seeking it out in something that's just going to hurt me or my family or have that sense of frustration or shame later on, I take back that control in the form of a mini budget. And I will stick that sucker on the fridge. And when my kids say, can we get this? I'll say, oh, look at the mini budget. It's not listed there. Maybe next month. Maybe we can add that item in next month. But this right here is what we have left until we get paid again on Friday. 
Mm-hmm. That's a great thing to teach kids too. And mm-hmm. I also love like the taking of control through sticky note because that is really what we're seeking when that happens. And it could be why we're rebels too. It's like, we want the control back for ourselves and we mm-hmm. don't want people to tell us what to do. Absolutely. I love, love that. And you've given me so much to think about and turned my world around about budgets because you're right. At the beginning, I did think it was a punishment and I can see- That's okay. That's okay. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Exactly. So what is coming up right now for you, Allison, that you are excited about? Well, I'm excited about my free budget class. I have a free budget class where I share my four-step framework to budgeting your way to wealth and paying off debt. And then I also have a really big class at the beginning of every year. So I'm already gearing up for that. And I cannot wait because it allows me to just be in my favorite spot, which is teaching. So if your listeners want to check out the free budget class, I know you'll probably leave a link in the show notes for that. Mm -hmm. That's like that on demand, get access to it right now. And I also give away a freebie at the end of the class for anyone who stays through the end. That's awesome. And we will definitely have a link in the show notes. So go to our show notes and click on Allison's class and go and register. And Allison, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking about money this morning, Brie, and like how much money our kids cost us with all the unexpected school expenses. Oh, Uh, so I, I think this interview came at such a good time for both of us. Oh my gosh, yes. It was funny because like you just had to pay for a Disney trip. And I talk about that in the episode, how I had to deal with an unexpected Disney band trip. And it just, it, yeah, it's those unexpected things that pop up that make it feel like I'm constantly running up a hill of sand and I'm yeah. never making any progress. It's true. And it's it's especially aggravating because they're not even Disney trips for us. <laughs> I like know. And I, and I love Disney. Right. And I love my kids and I want to get them everything so they can be happy. But my bank account just goes, really? Really? As I saw a meme the other day, it was like, I want to travel more. My bank account goes like, where? To the park? No, I agree. And something that I don't think we talk enough about in society is the actual like numbers involved with things because we kind of gloss over money. Do you feel like you do that? I'm like, oh, it's so much money and I paid a large amount, but I will not say publicly what large amount I paid because number one, I don't want to seem ungrateful. And number two, I think it's all in us that it's not okay to talk about money when really money has such an influence on all of our lives that if we really knew what other people were spending, what things cost, what other people were making, I think it would give us so much power as women. I think it would too. I mean, I think that you just hit a good point there. Like when it comes to money, well, okay, well, let me kind of back this up even a little bit more. Like Allison talked about how she felt like budget was a punishment. And that's how Mm -hmm. I feel too. I feel like if I'm being put on a budget, then I must have messed something up. I also know though, on the flip side, that it's a responsible thing to do and that, you know, you should be doing a budget to be more aware of things. And, but like you said, it kind of like with society, it's all about keeping up with the Joneses. We want to be able to keep up with what other people are doing. If you see other people doing it, you think you should be able to, but there's so many more fine pieces that we don't talk about that. We just assume that we're doing it wrong if we can't keep up with everybody else. And that's not true. So something really interesting that I learned about money in particular is 
this whole paying large amounts for things because I've been taught like, oh, that's a waste of money. Why would you pay so much for that? Why would you pay so much for that? And I didn't realize the psychology that goes into it when you invest in something for yourself. So when, of course, we talk about things that we think are expensive, that other people are like, no, that's too expensive. It actually changes what you do in your life when you have that much on the line. Like it's putting oh, skin yeah. in the game. It when is. When you put skin in the game, you actually work towards it. So that's why I think conversations like this are so important to have because there's that missing piece in our culture, especially among women, that we should not spend money on ourselves and we should oh, not yeah. invest in ourselves. Oh but, yeah. The mom math that like, if we spend anything on ourselves, it's selfish. Yeah. So here's the thing I'm tying it back to you because you said something like, I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. And I think the point that gets missed is that a lot of times when you invest in yourself, say, and I'm going to make this really, really concrete and I'm going to give numbers and you know the number I'm going to give because I gave it to our balance group the other day about the mistake. The, the thing I like to spend money on is education. I love education. I love courses. I love learning how to do things, but this education tends to be really expensive and people who are not in like the online entrepreneurship world don't know how expensive this education is. So I'm going to tell you, True. this coaching program <laughs> that I just signed up for, for No Guilt Mom, it is $25,000 a year. 25,000. And uh, you might hear that and be like, oh my gosh, Joanne, you are insane. Who would spend that amount of money on something? Insane. You're like, but, here, um, here, over here, 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 here. <laughs> but what you get from that is, first of all, we didn't have the money right away. And there's a whole backstory about how we learned what minimum payments on the credit card really mean. <laughs> I could go into that another time. But that 25,000, it's not so much about the education. It's great information. It's great education. It's about the motivation that it puts behind you. Like knowing that we spent that much money, my work drive has increased from this just minimum level to I'm giving like 150% in knowing and actually implementing all of the things I'm learning because we put that much on the line for this. So it changes your behavior when you use money in this way, having that much money on the line is like, puts that little fear in me being like, I better make this worth it. And you put in the work and that's how you get the results. And that's how you get more money. And I think that that conversation gets missed a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I think it does. I mean, there's a lot of financial education that we are just not taught. Like I remember back when I was in high school, I was taught how to balance a checkbook and that was as much, yeah. I think we might've done like in that, in that particular class I took, that was basically like life skills, which I don't even know if they still offer in high school, but it taught you how to make a budget, but a very slim, not, not, it, it just, it didn't give very many details. So mm -hmm. I have always struggled with this. And one thing Allison said, and I was so excited about it, as soon as we were done recording, I went and told Miguel when he got home, I'm like, I know, cause we've been struggling with the whole budget thing lately. I'm like, okay. I know what we need to do. We need to give our paycheck a job. And when I would yes. explain to him what Allison said in this episode about the whole, like giving your paycheck a job, he goes, that makes so much sense. Cause we kept been trying to do it from the first to the 31st with different paychecks coming in at different times. And neither of us really knowing what we're throwing into the joint checking necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very excited to try a lot of these things that Allison has. It's awesome. And I'm going to take her free course. I'm very excited yeah. for that. 
Totally. Totally. Like her thing about giving your paycheck a job makes so much sense because then you're not dealing with these imaginary things that you don't know what are happening. You're dealing with the stuff that, you know, is a set amount. What I find harder is when your income is variable, when it goes up and down and you don't exactly know like how much is coming in and how much is coming out. And that's why when you have to be like, okay, well, this much just came in, let's give that a job. And this much just came in, let's give that a job. That is a whole nother ball game of planning. But I mean, so again, basically what I'm hoping anybody walks away with from this episode is that one, you're not necessarily doing anything wrong if you're struggling. Like the majority of us are struggling and it was probably because we didn't have enough education to start off with. Two, mm-hmm. you can you can learn at any given time and putting that time, energy, effort, and money into yourself to learn is worth it. Mm-hmm. And three, Allison knows her her she, they, she knows her she. Just go with Allison, man. I, check out her stuff. <laughs> she was amazing. Check out her stuff. Yeah, she was amazing. So remember... The best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.